Welcome back. Coming up, we've got Denver's bid for Amazon, life-saving gene therapy, and a questions without answers segment. This is the podcast where you're getting the Gen Z view on current events, issues, noteworthy people, and everything in between. Get ready. Hope you go along with us today. Let's coffee talk. So first up, we've got this article titled Colorado Digs Deep for Data to Support Amazon Bid, and one number comes up short. So as we all know right now, Amazon is looking for a place to build its second headquarters, and Colorado is trying to weigh in on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything looks good. Another thing though, you know, because Amazon wants to look for, um, well I guess the number that's coming up short is the people that Colorado would have to employ. Right. Once Amazon actually builds. Exactly. Build here. So, according to this article, um, Amazon wants around 50,000 computer science and business graduates. And sadly, and unfortunately, it looks like Colorado might not have enough um, by the time Amazon would be here. Yeah. Uh, so, some statistics for you. Um, in 2012, there were only 254 uh, CS graduates in the Denver Boulder area. And last year, in 2016, there were 453. So, um, not quite reaching the <laughs> minimum that Amazon <laughs> wants, like at all. It's very low. Um, it's kind of weird. A bit too low. Um, I think the biggest, what was it? I think their um, top choices were somewhere around, like Texas and um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. whatever. Just, you know, big population places. Yeah. It's not like Colorado isn't. According to the 2010 census, we have about 5 million people. Right, I think it's just like, the degree part. You yeah, know? no, I know, but mm-hmm. I feel like even so, there's probably like a handful of people like mm-hmm. with those degrees that just don't have a job right now. I suppose know? so, yeah. I mean, that's true, but I think Amazon is really looking towards new people, mm-hmm. or I guess I could say younger workers yeah. entering the workforce. Sadly, maybe that's like ageism or whatever, but that's just what I think tech and the tech industry like looks toward the younger graduates. Because it does change really rapidly. It does, yeah, exactly. And like um, older workers might not have like the adaptability to kind of like adapt to like the very rapid changing in tech industry, so that might be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think. Um, I think this also kind of speaks towards how computer science isn't a big focus in Denver Boulder, which mm-hmm. is weird because I feel like tech is a big thing, especially in Boulder. Tech startups are a thing here. Yeah, they um, are. There's like, yeah, there's like a technology center somewhere in Broomfield, I think. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I thought it was weird and how like there wasn't a huge... To me, there's a very big push for business, um, especially like with our high school, I participated in our business program. Mm-hmm. Um, CU's Lead School of Business is like a very, it's a top ranked business school too, so it's a very business focused. Yeah. Um, so I guess like, mm, I don't know, like maybe CU and like the other universities, I, I mean, you know, CU Denver is like yeah. medically focused just because they have the Auschwitz campus there. Mm-hmm. So it's very medical there. Um, I was like. So you think we'd be more like, technology-oriented sort of thing. Oh, well, 
Yeah, I don't know. I was just I was surprised that Colorado wouldn't have enough, just because of what you're saying too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, even so, I think it says a business might have like a better chance of doing so, um, like supplying Amazon with employees if they did, because mm -hmm. um, there were three thousand six hundred ish people right. who graduated last year in that field. Yeah, exactly. Um, but even so, that's still a pretty small number. Yeah. Well, I think um, Amazon, especially as Amazon, <laughs> they need and like computer scientists and engineers. I think they're pretty much they're the backbone of like what makes Amazon run. So mm -hmm. I get why they would want those degrees and those yeah. people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's very interesting because I think Denver is a very it's one of the top choices now yeah. for Amazon's second headquarters. Uh, I mean, I'm in a group and we kind of like do case studies and um, case studies and do like practice consultancies. Mm -hmm. And like one of our case studies was about this specific bid. And we were, the main goal was to try to like convince Amazon to just move their headquarters here. Oh, okay. Um, so like we, j I wasn't on the team that did most of the work, um, but what the team, when they presented, a lot of it was like, we have the space we have um interestingly they didn't say anything about like degrees they said like we have a workforce that like but they did say that it, it was like not as big as other cities because uh -huh. our workforce is like i don't know maybe we're like not the biggest but yeah. like it's yeah i don't know it's a sizable workforce but not the biggest so like that might have been something that hinders mm -hmm. amazon but then they were saying like oh but like in the future, like when you work with uh, the universities and like sort of developing the programs you want and you know just your presence will like shift focus towards like what you're doing, mm -hmm. that's definitely going to be oh, um, a draw way. attention to that, yeah. Right, and it's going to be a way to draw incoming students into computer science or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a bit of a waiting period, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but well, either way, I think that'd be fine since it's going to take them time to build anyway. Yeah. I. That's true, that's very true. It's gonna take a long time to finish building the huge headquarter building. Yeah, and getting everything like So I think going. Yeah, maybe we're oversimplifying things. That's true. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I don't know, but um, if that's something they're worried about, that's a very valid thing they they could they should be worried about, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, I would love having Amazon having a headquarters in Denver. It'd be cool. It would be cool. I mean I don't really have any aspirations to work there, but like any tech company like Amazon, I'm like, okay, I see you, interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, that's where you get the big bucks. <laughs> that's probably why they want them to build here, huh? Exactly, I mean, yeah. it's gonna bring so much revenue, mm -hmm. but it's also gonna, on the other side of that, it could also bring in a lot of problems. I remember hearing that like, having Amazon HQ here would like just, since we don't have like the infrastructure to like, when the influx of people move here to uh -huh. work at Amazon, yeah. it's gonna be like huge traffic jams. Um, I don't know. I heard that about traffic might, jams. That most might of the time. be why they're concerned about just the people who are already in state who can, mm -hmm. you know, like work. So let us know what you think. Whether Colorado should kind of keep doing this or maybe back off, since we might not have enough to support it necessarily. Exactly, for sure, because, um, yeah, we're freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know very much about this, Don't but. Don't know very much, yeah. But I mean, yeah. 
just let us know because we want to see like maybe you have aspirations are working at Amazon and it'll be perfect if like their second headquarters was at Denver because mm-hmm. you're like yes I'm working there that is what you would work towards mm-hmm. yeah so let us know we'd love to hear from you and then for our second headline, it is titled Concussion Laws Work at Lowering Head Injury Risk for Young Athletes, um, which is found by a CU study. Oh yeah, both of these were found on Daily Camera. Yeah, sorry. Both <laughs> on Daily Camera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so as you know, we recently passed a bunch of um, concussion laws essentially, which were to, their purpose was to help um, like recognition of concussions, mm-hmm. um, because of yeah, because of how impactful um, they are on athletes later on in their yeah. life, right? So you know the whole thing is like, will this actually work? You know, because I mean it is mental health; it's very difficult to spot, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, a CU study finds that it is helping. That um, the I quote the rates for first-time concussions stabilized while rates for recurrent con- concussions dropped, mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, so okay, this study was done through the School of Public Health. And no, I think it's great, actually. I found out about this huge database that apparently coaches have to enter mm. in all of um, like their athletes' injuries. And they're not just oh. like day of the injury and what happened. It's like the day, what part, like what time of day, what the weather was like, what right. position they played. Like it gets really, really specific. Was the system in place before these laws? I don't know, but I think, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I mean, because I it it's be from this huge pool of data mm-hmm. that they have been able to, you know, make these findings right. about it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I think. I think it's very, I, I love how there are these new laws to address this because it's a very pressing issue. Yeah. Especially with um, youth, I think that's definitely something we should be looking at because mm-hmm. like, just thinking about like a 13 year old having a concussion, it's kind of weird just because like their brain is still developing, yeah. obviously, our brains still are developing yeah. and it's like just being so young and having like damage to your brain, I think that's just like. Uh, <laughs> a traumatic brain injury yeah, comes I along mean, with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think if, like, in the future with my children, obviously, like, if they would want to play that, sure. But, like, <laughs> sure. I don't know, like, obviously, now that all this new research has come out and, you know, mm-hmm. sports are great. They, like, promote physical activity. You can bond so well with your teammates. It can mm-hmm. be, like, a huge community for you. Yeah. But, like, when they're so, like, when they can actually, like, cause real serious damage to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, anything can have real serious damage to you. Sitting in a chair. All day. Yeah, sitting in a chair all day, obviously, it's not good for you. Yeah. But like, with, I think, football, that's definitely a sport where concussions happen. Are incredibly prevalent. Yeah, prevalent, yeah. exactly. And like, um, I just, I don't know. I mean, football's such a big thing. <laughs> it's not my thing, <laughs> it's a but it's big a very big American thing. thing. Like, um, it's, it's a great thing that it's something that we can rally around, you know? Mm-hmm. But when it's like at the expense of like children and like their mental health, their mental health and like parents' pride, I think like it's totally fine if we have these new laws to maybe like restrict. Yeah. Or maybe even change some of the rules. Obviously, oh, I'm gonna get hounded by like whatever. <laughs> They're gonna like attack me. But like honestly, like if you're, yeah, if you you're... mean like the way the game is played. 
Perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, no contact. Yeah. But I guess that's, like, not as fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely sure. going to get attached. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think just the main thing will be making sure that the athlete fully recovers mm-hmm. before going I back out. Because point. a big issue there was, like, you know, they like get hit in the head and be like, no, I'm fine, and, like, go back out. Yes. And, you know, that just really, really increases the chance of a second or third concussion. Exactly. Um, and so by having this rule that, you know, they need to be, like, okayed by a doctor mm-hmm. before they can go back out. Right. Um, I think just that small thing will make a really big difference. Exactly. Um, and then also, you know, so Don Corm, uh, sorry, uh, Don Comstock, who was a researcher in this uh, study, she says, quote here, that the long-term impact of inactivity is worse than the smaller risk of serious injury. End quote. Oh so, yes, I love that. You know, that, that kind of goes back to your thing, like, yeah, you know, like we should not just completely take these out because. Mm-hmm. You know, playing a sport is really, really beneficial to yeah, an individual, exactly. and not to let these new studies, you know, hinder anyone from participating just because mm-hmm. they're scared that this will happen. They just need to be careful. Yeah, exactly. I think it says in the article it says here that um, concussions were are most common in the football players. Yep. And yeah, across all sports, players. quote, boys suffered concussions more frequently. End quote. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that also kind of goes along with like concept of masculinity and kind of like what it means and like that aggression that usually is associated with it I think it's a little dangerous mm-hmm. um, you know that brings up the topic of like toxic masculinity and I think that definitely plays a lot in football players and mm-hmm. like that sort of culture yeah uh, something like that I mean if you look at past like NFL players and then like there's that whole scandal I think I don't really know the name of the player but like there's this video that came out where he was like assaulting his like wife in the elevator i think that was it uh-huh do you remember that i don't it was like i remember the nfl player who murdered his wife oh yeah that too like yeah. y- it's kind of sad like how we're like oh yeah that nfl player who like killed or assaulted like that's kind of like yeah but you and i aren't aren't very involved in in that um like field of things true that's true. I mean, we can't attribute that yeah. to, I guess, aggression or to like football, I guess. But yeah. like, I'm it's gonna claim, I think, not causal, correlational. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Like, I think there's, to me, I think there's something that plays into it. Yeah, with the there culture is. They're in. It, it it's actually I think more just the, once again like, the impact, you know, that concussions have. If one concussion could even have like a big effect. So oh, you think that because they've had concussions? Yeah. They're like that? Because it um, yeah. at some point just causes like deterioration, true. you know? In yeah, the that's true. I think so. Yeah, and concussions are, I think, can be attributed back to all the things I was just talking about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No. So it's like, yeah, this is a good thing, I think. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, but to go back for you on that, though, even though across all sports, um, boys suffered concussions more frequently when they looked at sports, you know, that are played by both uh, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, that the girls had concussion rates that were about twice as much that of guys. Interesting. And you know, she, the the researcher that I mentioned, uh, Comstock, says that it might be biological factors, like neck strength, um, but also it could be that um, they're more comfortable with like. Admitting or saying admitting, that, right, to their that they're coaches. suffering from like a head injury or something. Right, and I think, again, toxic masculinity. 
masculinity. <laughs> like you gotta be vulnerable sometimes and say, hey, I need to step back or something. Yeah. Or like I'm hurt right now. And yeah. like, yeah. I think I, I think just like understanding of like the impact of that head injury is like enough for anyone to understand why it is that. Do you think that's the reason that people don't really understand the impact? Yeah, because you think it's just like a headache or like a like a. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I feel of course, like, it depends on how hard you've been hit, obviously, but yeah, like... I feel like now... You know, like, the shake it off, like, you'll be fine. Right, yeah, but yeah. I feel like they know, or like, coaches and like, parents obviously are like, hey, concussions are bad, like, yeah. they're serious. I yeah. think they're like, treated as such, mm -hmm. to a certain extent, and so, but then I'm also like, I don't think... But it's the recognizing that it is a concussion, that's like, not, that wasn't so good oh people didn't. like they didn't realize what you would consider a concussion right oh so do you think so is it the athletes who don't know what it means or the coaches themselves are like both um maybe a mix of both because i possibly like coaches are trained i think in that yeah sort of thing. yeah so obviously i think more, more training would be good um which they definitely are for sure trained a bunch yeah, but I'm also like thinking about like to a lot of like movies. <laughs> this is how I draw my research. Uh, <laughs> a lot of movies and like fiction. <laughs> yeah, to um, football players and like that sort of like thing. And they're um, oh, I'm very eloquent today. You are. Uh, they're like um, like even though they're like hurt really badly, yeah. they're like oh wait, I gotta get back in the ring. Like my team is counting on me, or like yeah. my family is like counting on me. Or like the pressure from their family is like yeah. pushing or them. Yeah, there's to, like, like scouting or something. Right. Oh my god, scouting. Wow. Okay. Oh, they're like scouts are at this game, and it's like okay, calm down. Yeah. I get it. I get <laughs> it's it. It's important. Obviously. It's a big moment. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah, I think I remember this one episode of Grey's Anatomy. Oh my god. <laughs> and like this guy, he was a hockey player, I think. Uh huh. And I. I think his wrist was broken, uh -huh. but then, so then Torres was like, hey, no, you can't play in the game tomorrow or tonight, I don't know, Yeah. because if you do, you're still healing, and if you do, you're just going to ruin your hand You're going to mess it up. Exactly, yeah. and so he eventually goes and does it, even though his mom's like, um, no, but like, I think it's just like that culture of like, hey, I got to like go for yeah. getting scouted and like for my team and stuff, and it's yeah. like, you need to like look at yourself and like understand you could ruin your whole life yeah okay well that's a little dramatic but like you can <laughs> seriously impact your life yeah by like seriously damaging your hand by just not waiting for a little bit right is what right you're saying. yeah and like you can't probably you can't play hockey anymore so it's like do you is that worth it yeah is it worth it to mm -hmm. just go play for one more day and never play a sport that you you probably love mm -hmm. I mean yeah and the next day he came back and he was like I what happened to him? I don't think, I think his hand, was it his hand? Something was like chopped off or something. Oh my God. And they brought it in like a cooler. Oh, oh. it was a finger. Oh that makes a lot more sense. It was a finger, okay, okay. on his hand. I was like, oh Okay, I was like, dang. One of his fingers, right? Yeah. So he like, it like. Got spliced off. Oh yeah. no, he did it himself. Cause he like looked up on the internet. He was like, how do I do this? And then he what? like, they were like, are you kidding me? Like, why what? would you do that? And he's like, yeah, just connect the nerves, right? And they're, they're like, that's a lot no. harder than it sounds. <laughs> So like, he can never play hockey anymore, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, I don't know. I don't want to be judgmental because obviously I haven't been in that position, mm -hmm. not in that sort of realm. Yeah. But um, I think health is a very important thing. Mm -hmm. 
especially now, I think health is a big thing that it we is. should value. I think, yeah, that's something we don't really value as much, I think. Yeah. That's just It, it gets um, kind of buried under like life stress. Yeah, exactly, yeah. for sure. And getting things done like deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so my corner, I wanted to talk about um, a life-saving genetically altered skin procedure. Hi. So there was, so two years ago, okay. uh, there was a boy who got rushed to the hospital because about 80% of his skin was just falling off him. Oh. And this is because he suffers from a disorder called epidermolysis bullosa, and it's when, um, it's a genetic skin disease where the epidermis, the top part, mm -hmm. can't connect to the inner layers of your skin. Oh, and so, skirt. as a result, like it's not, it's, it will come off. It, yeah. Oh. Um, and of course, there's varying degrees of this genetic disorder. Mm -hmm. um, and so the doctors had tried a lot of things. They even tried to like do a skin transplant with his oh. father's skin to try to see if it could change it, mm -hmm. but nothing worked. Um, and so eventually they just contacted colleagues in Italy who they knew were working on um, like making or fixing genetic disorders by engineering skin. Oh, yeah. um, so they contacted them and what they did was using a virus, they inserted like healthy genes mm -hmm. into the boy's skin cells, yeah. uh, like a samples that were taken. Gotcha. And what they did was they mixed it with a bunch of stem cells and they grew, they literally grew like sheets of epidermis. Oh, for this guy, and then wonderful, it, <laughs> and it was grafted onto the boy in two different procedures because there was so much skin to replace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this, it, I thought this was amazing. First of all, I was like, dang, that is crazy, because they took this life-threatening disorder that like no one could treat, mm -hmm. and all they did was they, you know, they engineered skin for him. And Solid. yeah, anyway, so this article was basically a, a two-year follow-up on this boy. Oh, wow. Um, oh, it's been a lot. Yeah, and so, you know, he's really healthy now. He's in school, and he's, like, well enough to just play outdoor sports. Like, so it worked. And do stuff. Yeah, so it worked. They, this, so does the skin just, like, so we just stays, and it's grafting? Regenerates by itself. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. okay, gotcha. So it's, that's his skin. It's Is yeah. it, like, full? Like all around, is it like uh, for his whole thing, whole skin? Yeah, oh, so you that? know, like skin regenerates. I don't know exactly how it works. Is I feel like it's got. I should have done more research on like how all of that happens. That's but um, basically, so the two procedures, right? So the first procedure was his limbs, where they grafted skin onto his limbs, mm -hmm. and then um, the second one was mostly over his back. Gotcha. Okay. And I think that's mostly because, like, you know, of course they can't all of it like, right. I'm sure there's probably small spots on him that still like are not as connected mm -hmm. but I just think it's amazing because you know he's able to live like a normal life now like a not normal life quote-unquote for society but for himself right because yeah. with this disorder you know when your skin is like this you're very prone to infection mm -hmm. because you know your skin is like the first Barely. line of defense yeah for your body right um, 
And so, you know, when you don't have this, you are exposed to everything. That's weird to think about. Right? We Something kind of we take, our take skin. it for granted. Yeah. yeah. Our skin. Yeah. True. That's weird. Mm -hmm. And it's very sad. Yeah. It's weird, so. this quote. <laughs> he says, so who is this? Um, Rotho F? Oh, I have no idea how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Okay, one of the scientists who worked, I think he's a surgeon. Yes. He's a surgeon. Mm -hmm. um, he's a surgeon at a burn unit at, oh my god, a university in Germany. Yes. Um, he, <laughs> not an American He place. says like, he says, quote, the skin is of good quality. <laughs> it doesn't need any ointments or stuff like that. It's perfectly smooth and it is quite stable, end quote. So I thought it was weird, just like talking about skin like that. Oh, it's so smooth and it's quite stable. It's of it's good like, quality. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe we could just get new skin. <laughs> For people who need it, though. You know right, I mean? of course, of yes, course. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, of course. Obviously. But in the future, you know, when the technology is like, maybe that's a thing. <sighs> Uh, Wouldn't that be weird? That'd be strange. That'd be very weird. That goes into why people are against like genetic engineering and yeah. gene therapy, actually. That's um, true. But yeah, so this was, it was really nice to read this article just because it gives hope for others, you know, mm -hmm. who have other genetic disorders and just more hope for gene therapy because it did experience a few setbacks. Yeah, so early on, um, you know how I just said, like, when how they grew his skin and how they changed it was right. they used a virus. Mm -hmm to insert the healthy genes. So, um... Kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> I mean, virus? it's kind of amazing. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. <laughs> right, sorry, sorry. Okay. No, no, no. So you have the virus, right? right. And it's just like a protein coat. Uh -huh, and you sure. have the <laughs> gene, the genetic material inside. So the virus just kind of like attaches and inserts its DNA, mm -hmm. which um, changes, well, it basically takes over the host, so. Oh yeah, that's cool. And then, reproduces and then eventually the host cell bursts with all of the infected oh, very genes, cool. or infected Getting cells. Getting it now, gotcha. Right. Okay. So if it's healthy ones that are going through, then that'll just keep going. Uh -huh. And that's how it, I, I think that's actually how they sustain it. Oh, awesome. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, that's why, anyway. Ah, okay. So it's kind of cool. I think that was a really cool use of that, but the sad thing was this method of it, like inserting genes through a virus, it uh, in 2002, when they were trying to treat immunodeficiency disorders, it triggered cancer in some of the patients. Uh -huh. <laughs> because, oh my god! Because the immune system obviously did not recognize what was going on. Oh um, granted, gosh, that was yeah. in 2002, and that did set everything back. We've come a really long way, uh -huh. you know, since then. Mm, okay, I see. But, you know, because there is this risk, mm -hmm. and, you know, we don't exactly know what will happen, how the body will respond, because right. it's so new. Oh, Do the benefits of treating this, um, you know, genetic disorder, something that you are predisposed to, you know, when you're born, mm -hmm. does it, do those benefits outweigh the risk of either not knowing what's going to happen or, you know, for example, in what happened in 2002 with these patients, it triggered cancer. Exactly. You know, which was well. <laughs> probably worse. Well, I them. think science... There's a very good quote um, <laughs> in Justice League, which oh I my watched. Gosh. Uh, I watched an advanced screening, <laughs> okay. but there's this one thing where like she, we're one. They were talking about like the science of like a certain thing. Spoiler, but it's a science, the science uh -huh. behind something. And uh -huh. so like Bruce is for it. He's like, hey, we need this. The world's gonna like end without us trying. And like science is meant for us to like 
push the push limits. the limits and like find new ways to help us. Yeah. Wonder Woman's like this is true, but science also without like the heart, I guess, and like. I don't actually know what she said. It was a very good quote that I wish I could have written down. But she said something, something like, "Without heart and without like caution and mindfulness about yeah. science, like uh-huh. then it can have like disastrous effects." That sounds very cliche, and it wasn't as cliche in the movie, I promise. But um, it was. I thought it was a really good point. Like, yeah, for sure. They eventually went ahead and did it. And did it anyway. <laughs> we'll see. But you'll see when you watch it. Go watch it. It's cool. But um, I think. I personally think we should pursue it, mm-hmm. um, just because reading about how like there's another um, ex- there's another girl that they talk about oh, in this article. Yeah, there is, and, and it was really has, sad. Like she, she has, has a to, much uh, more like impactful. In, yeah, because she has to like uh, version of this. She has to bathe and bandage every day, and mm-hmm. that's like equated to torture just because of how painful it is. Yeah, because the skin will cut. So yeah, like, I mean, I any was movement. like, oh my god, like, yeah. just having, just using science to kind of, like, help better people's yeah, lives. Yeah, like, walking for her hurts way. because it's mm-hmm. it moves the skin too much. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I think, yeah, um, obviously it's really sad when mm-hmm. trials don't go as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say anything, but I just it did. Is, but it's hard, because, yeah. like, it's taking both sides. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. When we were talking about, um like the the whole process of developing like this drug right right to to help for example mm-hmm. there's like you have the research and then you have like the developmental stages and then there's like three phases mm-hmm. of trials okay so the first one is like their animal testing or whatever the second one is through like uh, I don't know, it's like a couple hundred of people mm-hmm. um, who have the issue and then if those go well because okay. see, you're learning something from every single phase. If those go well, then you have to go through thousands of trials. Right. And it's like um, allowed for doctors to, you know, ask people. Because the first, the first, the second phase, which is the first people, is like volunteers. Oh. To okay. see like, is this just safe to like ingest? Mm. Okay. <laughs> and what effects it'll have. And then the next one is with people with the disorder. Gotcha. And how does it, that process takes a really long time, and you know, it's all to make sure that whatever it is that we're doing is safe. I think we're still within those three phases right now, just figuring out how this all impacts us or right. whatever. Yeah, true. Um, and I agree that we said like, we're, we're gonna learn really awesome things and we're gonna learn some a lot of drawbacks too. True, that's um, true too. Which makes it risky, but I think if we can f- help treat things that are not people's fault. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, I know. I think it'd be a good thing to work towards. Yeah, me too. But being mindful, like you said. Be mindful, I know. It's easy for us to sit here and say, go ahead. It is, yeah. (laughs) Go ahead and do it. But then when there are real people at stake, yeah. So we'd like to hear what you think. Yeah. (laughs) Is this something, you know, people could, we should keep pursuing or something we should just draw back from because it's not natural? Yeah, this is, um, it can bring up a lot of big questions, I guess, and like, scientific testing and trial stuff like that yeah true Mm -hmm.
right. So for our wonderful segment that we know you love, <laughs> we have our question without an answer. The question is, what is the line between art and not art? What do you consider to yes. be like an art and what is just yeah. straight up not? I mean, there's like art in the sense like, like paintings and uh -huh. drawings and then there's also art as in like technique and craft. Oh yeah. That too, that's, too, that's something I just learned uh -huh. in my class and we're learning about the art of conversation, mm -hmm. which is like how do you make a good conversation and stuff like that. So, the art of conversation. Stuff like that, you know. Uh, <laughs> so where's the line? I think when it stops being an interpretation of like your world or how you yeah. convey your thoughts to others. So you think if it's like just like mindless or whatever, you know? Kind of. Okay. Then you have those people who are like, oh, you know, like they paint, but they have to like let go of everything in their mind in order to paint. I suppose. Okay, maybe that wasn't the right word. Maybe like without. Uh, without meaning. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, like because you're you're just doing it to like get money. For I example. Oh, okay, I see that. Right now we're talking about it in like the drawing and painting side of yes, it. Yes, okay. yes, I think so. Yeah, so I think we had this discussion in AP Lit. I think when? Oh, I don't. Well, we were in the same AP Lit class, but it was when around, we were talking about I like. Oh, I forgot what unit. Was it Impressionism? It might have been Impressionism. <laughs> and I think someone was... The art teacher got into an argument with the student because she was like, so this isn't considered art, but then the student's like, but I think everything's art. Like, everything is like of someone's mind and like yeah. of their expression. Yeah. And then our teacher raised a point that I actually haven't heard, and she was like, okay, that's, that may be true, but yeah. like there's a level at which like a piece of art can be critiqued and judged upon. Yeah. And if the art is not up to that level, then it couldn't be considered art in that way, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it was something like that. And I thought that was interesting too, but then I was like, but then why do we put these like critiques on art? Yeah. Do we if need those? Was, yeah. But then I'm also like, mm, but critiques on art help us like delve deeper into like meaning and help us develop our own meaning, I guess, from the art. Yeah. So, I see both sides. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. I just, I always think about like, like art school, for example, right. and how you get into art school. Like, if, if your interpretation and your, you know, expression of the world mm -hmm. or your inner thoughts, things that you're trying to um, communicate, if everyone's expression is individual, why, why is it so like narrow who can get into art school and who can't? If anyone can true, because I think it do art. You know what I mean? Yeah, because art school so is really competitive. True, but I you think know? yeah, art school is based upon like the principles that there are levels that there are principles. Yeah, and standards. Of all good art. Yeah, good yeah. principles and standards of good art. Mm -hmm. So like you learn in art class like oh you use color texture or something i forgot what it was like the five <laughs> principles or elements of Ian, art. draw paint no draw paint one hey shout out <laughs> but so like i was like ooh. i mean i guess it is important to learn these because these are kind of like the building blocks for you to like build more creative or build more complex works of art yeah i see that mm -hmm. but then i'm also like oh i felt really restricted mm -hmm. by them because i was like Oh, am I using this right but, like, element? you need to use at least this many techniques <laughs> or for something this assignment. like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so I think um, using that sort of, those principles are 
it definitely can be a good thing, but I don't think it should be but as, But it feels like, restricting. It can feel restricting, so I think it should be taught in a way that's, like, not... It won't make students feel restricted. I see. Somehow. Yeah. Somehow. I read, um, you remember that book we read in the summer? It was, um, I'm having so much fun here without you. Is that book The about, book you read? Yeah. Oh my god. Guy oh my god. The like, very first episode. <laughs> very first episode. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. But, Go listen to um, it. It was pretty <laughs> interesting. Oh. That was a hectic day. That was weird. In in the middle of filming. Were we in the conference room? We were in the conference. No, no, no. We, we were in a study room Oh, first, right. We were in the study room. And then a train. A train No, no, no. It wasn't the train. It was, um, people were setting up for like a fair. And they were yeah, doing they were a bunch testing. of mic checks. Yeah, it was really awkward. To like every five minutes. And it was and like, we like, so oh we, my God. Like, <laughs> so we asked to move to a conference room. Oh, that's why. Okay, yeah. That day. Like, this is awkward. It was a really long episode. Yeah, it was like <laughs> an hour. Our first few episodes were like an hour. And I was like, That was like almost two hours, I think. I think the second episode was almost two hours. Oh, okay, that was the second one. Something. I lost we had a time. lot of stuff to like pack in. I know. I was, was like, like we were, I mean, it was fine. It was. But we talked about a lot. Just strategically thinking. It wasn't the best. <laughs> no, not the best. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, but anyway, so that book. Yeah. So the guy, the main character in this uh, book is a an author. Or not an author. He's an artist. Gotcha. And he mainly liked doing um, like exhibits. Of art, so like you know, to fill like a whole room with like different artifacts, basically of things that he would make or collected or whatever. Um, and so, when he presented, he called it political art, because all of his original art made a statement about what was going on in society, which I think was really amazing. But apparently, in this in this story or setting, that didn't sell, though. You know, right? you like can't really make money off of that. Right. Um, and so he had to do a bunch of like, just paintings, which like, he was like, I mean, it's fine, but I don't like, like this, but he was like pressured into doing just things that, you know, the rest of society would usually consider art to right, like make, exactly. to make a living for himself. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually he just breaks and then he's like, I can't do this anymore. And the whole book is him like finding, <laughs> like creating his like big piece, like, gotcha. which is his political statement or whatever. And, and it's just this discussion reminds me of it just because he had his own way of doing things, mm -hmm. but in order to like cater to how he could actually make a living, he changed. He change you know, it. he had did something that he didn't really didn't really have meaning yeah, for him personally. That's true. And so, at that point, even though it is a painting, is it still art? Mm -hmm. If he's just if it's for like pop culture, not for like. Him really not really coming from him specifically. Mm. Yeah, I think that also that reminds me of pop artists and how a lot of them kind of transition off like mainstream pop just because they're saying, "Oh, I was just making music just for the sake of making music." I yeah. Guess. And they're like, "Oh, this is this is the album that's like really from me and like <laughs> stuff like that." That reminds yeah. me of it. Um, oh, I see yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hmm. Well, we'd love to hear what you think. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Let us know. Is, would you consider math art? Oh, I don't know about that. I have my thoughts on that. Because technically, idea. it explains things, you know, in our world. The math, the art of math. Okay, yeah, I can the art see of it. Math. Interesting. Yeah, let us know. I want to know your answer. I want to know your answer right now. What do you think? Like, let me know. I have answers to that. <laughs> but we got to conclude our episode. Alrighty.
All right. <laughs> Remember, all of our links will be on our Facebook page's notes tab, where you can check out all the articles and topics we discuss this episode. Mm-hmm. So use hashtag Coffee Talk for comments on any social media. We would love to know what you think. We covered some interesting things today. We did. <laughs> um, and then another hashtag we would love to put in there is hashtag Ask Ian Ivy for our advice segment that... I don't know, might come, might not. We don't know. Just ask us questions. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Yeah, honestly, just keep up with us on socials. Again, just like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. They're both at Coffee, W-E-N-I-V. And then we want to remember to mention our YouTube channel where we're going to be putting, I don't know, little snippets of future episodes, a few behind the scenes possibly if we can find any, and then some other projects that we're planning. Absolutely. Yes. As always, you can listen in to future full episodes of Coffee Talk with Ian and Ivy on SoundCloud. That's at soundcloud.com slash coffee talk. So there's the talk in there. W-E-N-I-V. You can also listen in on TuneIn and Apple Podcasts. Just look up our name on there. Um, but make sure you use the stylized version, which is the W slash Ian Ambersand Ivy. Um, it just doesn't show up if you just search like using and. and it's weird oh, i don't know strange okay yeah sounds good so thank you so much for going along with us today and tuning in to our coffee talk